Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Bloomer. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There you go. Today, we're here. It's As we record this, it is not October, but when it goes up, it's October, baby. The leaves have fallen, and that means it's time to talk about Spike 1000. Spike 1000. 1000. And their album, Waste of Skin. We'll be talking all about these guys and lady. As uh, as we do as we do every week, talking about new metal on the show. But before we get to that, we gotta talk about a few things. First, we gotta talk about who's emailing. Who's emailing? Who is? So we got an email from Josh Crow. Subject line concerning a band I'm surprised you haven't covered yet. This caught my eye. I said, "Oh, concerning." And uh, Josh had a lot to say. He said, hey, Roach Coach crew, been listening for a couple years now, and I'm sure when you started the show, a show which is incredible, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You hadn't expected the backlog list to be quite as big as it's become. This is true. But one band I'm surprised you haven't covered yet is Soil. Soil were very much a formative band for me concerning my venture into the world of new metal around 14 years ago. The track Halo became a staple track in my social circle of the time, and the video was one we would always see on the music TV channels at the time. I know you're constantly faced with a plethora of albums to cover on the show, but I'd be very interested to hear if you'd put their album Scars in the canon. A personal story regarding Soil makes me write this as I saw them in the UK back in 2014 where they were supported by American Head Charge and Head PE, which was easily one of the best gigs I've ever been to. That's an incredibly new metal lineup. Yes, it is. Uh, I saw Head Charge the year before and met Chris Emery, who commented how, how good my beard was, and he remembered me and my friends when we saw them support Soil, which was insane. Three days after that gig, the vocalist of Soil, Ryan McCombs, fell prey to a stroke, but has since made a full recovery. This is a journey. Uh, now, imagine my surprise when I get to work two weeks ago, only to receive a text from my brother telling me he had met Ryan with a picture to prove it. Turns out Ryan now resides in the town I grew up in, a very small town that's only really known across the world for a roundabout system called the Magic Roundabout, if you can believe that, and nothing else. It boggles my mind. I no longer live there myself, but I've got a whole load of memories tied to it, including my countless hours listening to soil. Small world, huh? Anyway, sorry for the long email, but keep fighting the good fight. Your show is definitely a highlight of my week. Oh, and thank you for introducing me to My Ticket Home, a band which I found so much love for but wouldn't have heard of if it wasn't for you. Keep those strings tuned low, those heads tilted in a sinister manner, and most importantly, keep it all in the family. Cheers, Josh from the UK. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Congrats um, on that roundabout. <laughs> The, the magic roundabout. I grew up in a city named after a mall, so I feel, I feel that. <sighs> that 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 is impressive. All I have to show for where I grew up now is the um, what's it called? Isn't it, what they call it? The golden butthole or whatever it is now. Oh, is that where you grew up? Yeah, I grew up there. Yeah, where they have the Warren? golden butthole. Uh, Sterling Heights. Sterling Heights. The golden Sterling. butthole. Look it up. Yeah, if you're not from Michigan. Yeah, 
But be so. specific in your Google search. Yeah, you might. You, you <laughs> yeah. might. Oh, boy. On your oh boy! Casual internet search for uh, the golden man. butthole. No, probably. Yeah, you got to be careful. Uh, we also got to talk about Jenny. Who's on other podcasts? Who is? Who I'll, is? I'll, you know who it is because it's you, Matt. It sure is. You are on Psychohead Blowout and Discography Discussion. Yeah, um, I was very um, fortunate to be on our main man Scribbles. Uh, podcast the psycho head blowout and talk about nirvana we both did top 10 nirvana songs and then our top five alternates um and we just had a fucking blast talking about it it was very cool because he was um scribble um aka gabriel was like hey um i wasn't a big nirvana fan i grew up in the pacific northwest wasn't necessarily my thing and i was like this was one million percent my thing but it was just like, you know, coming back and listening to it. Uh, I've gained a lot of respect for it and they have a lot of great songs. And I was like, hmm, sounds like a little podcast I do where I shunned a lot of bands. And turns out that they uh, weren't as bad as I thought they were. And they had a lot of hits. And um, I joined Discography Discussion to talk about the discography of Rammstein. Ooh, la, la. And that was mm. a trip and a half boy oh boy well if you want to hear matt talk about that i did uh i've not had a chance to listen to the uh the rammstein episode yet but i did listen to the episode uh with scribble on psycho head blowout and man oh man salute to my boy scribble he's one of the best i'm seriously taking notes this guy is good he's so good and it makes sense though he's a rapper he's on the mic he's gonna be smooth he's very good I highly recommend both those shows, of course. Tying this in, Jenny, who's repping the roach and holding their new baby? Repping the roach. That's right. With a child. (laughs) That's Daniel Terry. Congratulations, Daniel. You have a precious little babe. Breaking kayfabe here. Uh, We're recording this in the day uh, the little one was announced online. So it's September 9th right now. And he was rocking the roach on Saturday as well. So during our recording session so i recorded it on saturday so daniel t coming through in a big way welcoming his new son into the world into the world of roach coach yeah i'm so glad i know what kayfabe means now Mm. i listened uh speaking of podcasts people should listen to jim Cornette has a podcast the best it's fucking insane i started listening to it over the weekend and i feel like i could listen to that I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about half the time, but I'm just endlessly entertained. This man this? is a treasure. It's about it's just about wrestling. Jim Cornette is like an oh. old wrestling like promoter. Uh, I am not claiming to be even even a mild expert on this, but from what I understand, he used to like manage some wrestlers, and he's just like this kind of like prolific person who has a ton of knowledge about professional wrestling like from the beginning and he has super hot takes on Mm. everything and is just incredible to listen to so just look up his podcast and listen to it it's super entertaining all right well there we go lots of good podcast recommendations new babies coming into the world and immediately being introduced to our show that's how you start new fans you can tell people or you can just make them Either way, get them into the roach. We also have to say, this is, what new metal band has a podcast? Who is the new metal band with a podcast? Who's the new metal band with the podcast? Who is? So we got a message from Jaeger. 
on Twitter. He said, Head saw that Roach Coach t-shirt and thought, there it is. That's right, everybody. Corn have a podcast. What? Wow. It's a narrative podcast. It ties in to the new album, The Nothing, which, as we record this, has not yet come out. But by the time you hear this, it's probably album of the year. And, uh, yeah, they have they have made their own podcast. And you know what? When I saw that, I said, if this podcast is about creating a new metal canon and putting the first album in just to subvert <laughs> us, my hat is off to you. But no, it's a narrative podcast. But still, very cool. I will be checking it out. And uh, so should you. Support the boys. Guys, we got some Substance D feedback. Substance D. We sure did. Over on Facebook, Duke Cannon says, holy shit, you guys have outdone yourself on this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Not a family member? Awesome. (laughs) Welcome, Chunky Chad. And this band, fucking awesome. There aren't many new metal bands out there I don't know, and this is one of them, and now I'm on the hunt for the album. Declutter doesn't have it, but Second Sale does, so I guess I'll just give my money to them. I buy so many CDs from the Declutter store that I probably keep food on their family's table. Either way, I'm ordering the album because it's just that damn good. Thanks for the episode, guys. Thanks for the comment, Duke, and for listening. Thank you. Josh Toomey says, give this band a real singer and you have something. One of the best sounding records you've done. And welcome to the family, Chuggy Chad, K-I-T. I'm grateful. (laughs) I love Chuggy Chad. Uh, So something, I guess, breaking, I don't know if it's breaking kayfabe. I guess I mildly understand what that means so i i typically i i don't get into the comments on these episodes too much because i'm constantly afraid that somebody's gonna be like jenny you piece of fucking shit it's gonna ruin my day but i have to say that this is uh this next comment is something that's quite the opposite and something that i've really done myself a disservice by not seeing until now Jax lawson commented jenny hit me on my pager 911 i'm for the spinoff biz <laughs> Uh, and then she shared a charm and a, a photo that says Jenny X Jax new metal X 90 day fiance. And it is a uh, who is against the queen will die, which was a real highlight banner moment from one of the past seasons of this show. Uh, Larissa yells it mm. at mother Debbie and it's wonderful. Jax. I'm telling you the queen of our hearts, the queen of, I just want to be your best friend. I'm just going to put it out there right now. This is perfect. And if you ever want to do a new metal crossover, 90 day fiance, anything I'm fucking there for it and qualified. There we go. Ronnie Neely says, all right, your boy just got back from the static X show repping, not only the roach coach T, but the roach coach. Yeah. This is kind of weird mentality about the show. I'm a huge Static X fan. That's how I discovered Roach Coach. Loved their generic new metal when I was a kid and felt even harder for Wisconsin Death Trip and Cannibal five years ago. Upon hearing your guys' take on your gig a week before the show I went to, I was like, ah, they're not gigantic fans, so it makes sense. But coming from this gigantic fan who followed every moment of the drama and thought it would be okay with it all, I felt super conflicted. I don't even really blame the blame the band or Zero. Obviously, it's my own feelings getting in the way. Just a strange situation all around. At least I didn't have to endure the stress of parallel parking like Jenny did, though. Mm. Very true. And we got a pick in the shirt. Looking great. I pulled off that parallel parking. <laughs> Still riding that confidence wave. There it is. Into October. Let's assume in a month I'm still feeling super confident. Uh, Jeffrey Thomas says, well, I got two takes and they both might be wrong, but WTF, let's roll with both of them. 
I think substance D sounds like a hell of a lot like American Head Charge. As far as this whole Death Mask Wayne Static singer, every YouTube comment will tell you it's Edsel Dope. I do not think that's correct. I will not spoil it for anyone who wants to maintain the mystery. Just don't click on the links below. And he says, listen to Zero talking at the beginning of this video and compare to my guest talking at the beginning of this one. And he sent us two YouTube videos. Mm. As far as I'm aware, the mystery of who Zero is has still not been uh, publicly dispelled. Is that right? That is right. It has not been dispelled. And then we have been told that it is definitively not Edsel. Yes. We don't know who, but we have been told by people who say they know it ain't Edsel. It's another guy. And I would say, having been at the show, and certainly I was in the cups, but I was not in the cups when I saw Edsel. And when Zero came out, I'm not an Edsel dope expert, but I don't think Edsel is that good of an actor because you've got to change your body. Just you generally. Know, yeah. And generally. Well, He's not going yeah, nutty I, professor I, to become zero. Here's the thing. Um, do you guys remember when uh, the lead singer of ACDC basically lost his hearing and so they replaced him with Axl Rose? Yes. Mm-mm. Oh, that happened, Jenny. It's okay, very crazy. That's something thing. I now know. Thank you. And when Axl was up there, he was still Axl. Like he was clearly not doing like all the snake stuff, and obviously Axel is much older now. But it was still pretty much Axel, and I there was no indication to me, and af- and watching some of the YouTube videos as well as just as follow up that Zero could be Edsel. It's just not. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. So that's what I'm saying on that one. Uh, Chad Worrell said, very respectful disagreement on the Static X Devil Driver show. Thank you. Your boy was in the pit for Wednesday 13. Great performer, by the way. All the way through Static X. I crowd surfed for the first time in nine years, and Tony Campos had a smile on his face the entire night of the show. Not once did it feel like the band was phoning it in. I loved every minute of it. Put him up. Hey. Hey. Respectful disagreement welcomed, and we're super glad that you had a great time. Yeah. Put them up, put them up, put them up. Put them all up. Mm. Uh, Nick Fenton says, so I agree with you guys on the Static X show. It was just really weird. Plus, because Edsel was wearing that mask, the performance lacked a lot of energy. The music sounded good, but everything was just flat. Hmm. Nick Fenton staying with the Edsel line. Okay. And uh, Mike Overluck said, friends, California as a new metal welcome to the jungle? That killer rift is just a chuggier drop tune take on Cowboys from Hell. It's got to be a Cups-related effect, right? <laughs> oh. Side note, there should be a contest or 200th app or something where you guys drunk history and album. Drunk Broad Talk <laughs> might just bring the house down. Oh, boy. I don't, I don't know. Drunk Broad Talk sounds like trouble waiting I mean, to happen. Like a legal situation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he said, one last thing. I went back and checked into the first few Kids Bop's albums, and yes, they did P.O.D.'s Alive on Kids Bop 3, and oh yes, it is everything we deserve from the soulless kids singing to the karaoke-style backing track. And he has a link to that if we ever want to put ourselves through that. No. But thank you. 
Not today, at least. Not today. I uh, will 100% mm-hmm. listen to that. Oh, okay. I oh. listen to Crazy Frog voluntarily because it makes me uh, laugh. Uh-oh. Well, now you have me interested. Okay. All right. Here I we go. I wasn't in. All right. Kids Bop. Kids Bop 3. 3. Alive. Here we go. Kids Bop. Covering P.O.D. with Alive. Oh boy. Oh god. Woof, I should have stayed with my initial reaction. <laughs> Congrats, kids. Wow. There is something so, like, dark about Kids Bop to me. Because I think, um, who's who sent us this? Mike. Oh, it was Mike. Mike. Yeah, when he said lifeless, that's how every single, like, you associate children with glee. <laughs> Usually, like, oh, the oh. wonder of a child. No. Every kids' pop song, all the wonder has been removed. It's devoid of wonder. <laughs> it really is. It's fucked up. But oh, that's man. why I love it. Oh, Crazy boy. Frog, on the other hand, full of glee. Full of glee. Oh, boy. Uh, there you go. Well, that is it for who's tweeting. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Matt, I know you were signaling to me because we do need to talk about November. November. Replace the O with a U. That's, that's right. In the month of November, we are going to be doing all new new metal bands. But we need your help. What bands? What albums? We'll be looking for recommendations of bands, recommendations of albums. And we've got four weeks in November. So that's basically four bands, four albums. But give us all your recs, and then we're going to basically, you know, narrow that down to to the four. But we're going to need your help because you need to let us know. Because we know the oldies. We know the old ones. Your Cold Chamber, your Limp Biscuit, your Godsmack. We know about those guys, but the new guys, we know a couple of them. You're motionless and white. You're Chris Motionless. Dead. Kane Hill, we just found out about. And they're, you know, Elijah's mouth fetish He's stuff. Mouth stuff. He's, He's oh, you mouth. let him. Yeah. Uh, but what other, yeah. <laughs> whatever mouth boys you have. Just yeah, do you got other mouth boys? Yeah, let us know. We've heard about other ones. Let us know about them. You can do that on our Facebook. We'll have all that stuff on the Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Roach Coach. And now, um, 
it's time to talk about the album of the week. Spike 1000, Waste of Skin. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on July 3rd, 2001. That is still the thick of it. It's true. And almost the 4th of July. So wow. When this came out, people were probably like, mm, I gotta go to this barbecue tomorrow. Let's crank that Spike 1000. Yeah. Jenny, history with Spike 1000? I have no history with Spike 1000 whatsoever. Lauren, how about you? I also have no history with Spike 1000. Matt. Promo poster. This CD cover is a used bin staple. And I saw this cover a lot. But the band itself? Fresh ears, baby. All right. I have a physical copy of the CD here. This was a big thrift, though. I apologize. I don't know what I paid for it or where I got it from. Whoa. I big will say thrift free, amnesia. Free from the heavens. It, you know what? This may have been placed into my collection by the new metal gods. A pretty good cover, I think, Jenny. I, I like this one. This guy's... He's like triple exposure, so it's like he's he's normal in the center of the photo, but then to either side, he's like freaking out, getting yeah. some sort of medical test. He's in a suit, so he's obviously the man, but it's breaking him down. But he has Danzig eyes. He can't help himself. Yeah, he's yeah. a waste of skin. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, you open up the uh, liner notes there. You see him laying on the table in one photo, and he's in his suit, and... The other one, he's got no shirt on. Things are really escalating through the tests. And, and then, then we get some... it turns into lyrics. <laughs> oh, boy. He just, yeah, he just turns into a collection of lyrics. Verbose. Mm, and then uh, we've got some pictures of the band here. Jenny, who's in Who's in this band? Who's in Spike 1000? Oh, who's in Spike 1000? Wouldn't Great. you like to know? Great cue, Lauren. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on vocals, we have Shannon Harris. Uh, on guitar, we have Billy Thompson. On drums, we have Jeff Jones. And on bass, last but not least, M. Fat. Mm, fat. M. M. Yeah. Fat. M. Fat. Um, so, yeah, if you look at these photos here, the band, they're looking pretty new metal. No dreads, though. No dreads. But um, BC Ethics shirts, as far as my eye can see. What does mm-hmm. that mean? It's that bowling shirt that was really popular at the end of the 90s, early 2000s. Oh. Yeah, that's true. The guy on the far right's wearing one, I think. Yeah, it kind of looks like Shannon doesn't have a shirt on, but upon closer inspection, she does. She's just wearing a flesh-colored shirt and holding herself in such a way that looks it like... doesn't doesn't look like a warm room. Does not look like a warm room. No, she's wearing. It looks like a leather shirt. I don't know. A she, real Mazzy Star half sweater. Yeah, she looks cool. I will say that. I got to tell you, I've uh, I've been on my phone too much because for a split second, I was like, yeah, you're right. What does this shirt made out of? And my brain was like, zoom in with your finger, Lauren. I can't do that on a piece of paper. Um, <laughs> so I've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's a picture of the band in the back, all giving them some pretty good new metal mean mugging. Although my dude on the right, he's kind of giving a smirk like, yeah, we're actually having a bit of fun. Producer on this album, a new one for us. Malcolm Springer. Malcolm Springer? Malcolm Springer. Not familiar with him. Don't know anything about him. Mixer on this album, though. Brendan O'Brien. What? 
Brendan O'Brien in 2001 was like, you know what? I've been working with Bruce Springsteen, who we've talked about on the show before, up and coming artist. You might have heard of him. <laughs> And check his Wikipedia. Check. There's a good album in there somewhere. He's got a couple. He's got a couple hits. So he was like, you know what, Bruce, I got I got to take a break real quick because I got to mix the new Spike One Thousand record. And that's what he did. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what the boss said. So yeah, so we've had an interesting array of people here. Uh, this was an album out on Columbia. There's no Wikipedia for spike 1000 so that has left us at a bit of a disadvantage we have to go through the dregs of the internet to get a bit more about these guys uh i found a 10 minute vhs interview with them from like 2007 and i'm sorry not 2007 1997 where they all are doing that thing where somebody has a camcorder and so you put your hand in front of the camcorder there's a lot of that took me back because i don't think anybody does that anymore if anything if you start recording somebody everybody's like yeah get at me make me famous but back in the day it was like get that camera out of my face i still do that yeah (laughs) if i notice mitchell like sometimes like i'll be doing something and he'll be recording me i'll be like stop it and i try to put my (laughs) hand over his phone so i Mm. want you to know i'm keeping that alive (laughs) jenny's keeping it alive nobody Mm -hmm. recording video at our wedding (laughs) professionally Uh so oh Okay. Well, then that falls on you and me, Matt. Get our phones out, baby. Hey, you've got the videography team of Kozlowski and Noss. Oh, that sounds like a a trustworthy law firm or videography firm. <laughs> we're going to have our phones out. And we're going to be in the cups. Phones out. Cups in. There we go. It's just <laughs> pictures of us giggly. Yes, we we forget that we've got the cameras flipped around. Yep, that's exactly what's going to be. Artist biography over on All Music tells us that this band was formed in the early '90s in Corn's hometown of Stockton, California, but they had to be patient while watching their new metal neighbors pile up the platinum records and every other mega rock star accoutrements, leading the group's modern hard rock, if not quite metal, charges vocalist Shannon Harris, a powerful singer. Harris has a muscular contralto that might fool casual fans into thinking they're listening to a male vocalist. Assisting Harris in her aggressive pursuit of metal excellence are musicians Bill Thompson, M. Fat, and Jeff Jones. After four years together in Stockton, Spike 1000 headed north for the Bay Area where they lived in an Oakland rehearsal studio while pursuing the dream of taking their hard-edged metallic music to as many listeners as possible. Five years after starting their assault on San Francisco's music scene, recording demos and selling their own five-song CD at their ever more popular shows, Spike 1000 managed to attract the attention and eventually signed with a major label. And in 2001, Columbia Records released the group's debut, Waste of Skin, a full ten years After Spike 1000's inception, it would make sense to expect that a band that had been through that long of a struggle might have a leg up musically on other debut artists, and that assumption would be correct. Waste of Skin is a fully developed metal stomp that reeks with the odor of cigarette smoke, sweat, and stale beer that has stuck itself on the instruments and into the pores of each Spike 1000 member. Harris gives one tough performance after another, and the singer's lyrics aren't cheap or inflammatory just for the sake of controversy, but direct and unforgiving. 
Just as her bandmates approach their staccato riffs and grinding rhythmic shifts and turns, Harris backs down from nothing and no one without cheapening herself or going into a self-parody of posturing. While the qualitative musical disparity between Stockton's two favorite metal bands is minimal, Spike 1000 has taken a much longer, harder road to major label acceptance. Whether the group can capture anything like Korn's massive audience still remains to be seen. And was, still. Yes. And still. still. Yes. So far, uh, no. Not as popular, no. Uh, Got to give credit to Jason Anderson, who wrote that... Uh, I think he did a great job on that bio. That was very good. It's very dramatic. Didn't know this until you said the word out loud. Contralto is the vocal range of the lowest female voice. Famous contraltos are Amy Winehouse and uh, Judy Garland. Also, uh, Alison Moyer from uh, Upstairs at Eric's was by Yaz. And I like that record. So there you go. All right. Well, let's hear this contralto. Is that what it is? Let's hear it. Yeah. Oh, so one other thing. The only genre listed for this band is pop slash rock. Whoa. I bet that's a sexist choice. Mm. Um, I guess we'll listen and figure it out. Uh, The first song on this album is a song called Man Whore. Is there a chorus coming? There is a chorus coming. Jenny, thoughts on Man Whore? I liked it. I really wasn't sure what to expect with this band at all. I liked I There is a, a real all-timer lyric in this song. I, I, I saved it. We can get to that. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to you hear it now? I mean, okay, I want, Matt. I always want to hear it. Matt, you got to go to three. You got to go three minutes in. Three minutes in it is. I'm gonna get up and punch you. The fucking face! Oh, that was the second all-timer lyric. Oh, what's the first all-timer? I'm sorry. What's the first uh, one? Where she says, you better run away with your dick between your legs. I love that. <laughs> That's a fucking yes. great lyric. 
this I I really uh, enjoyed this song. I was wondering it, and it's not equivalent, but like, how would I feel if it were flipped? I'd hate it, but there's also just like a societal and power differential that I was like, nah. I like this. It's basically about a dude who's like calling a woman out for like being a whore, but he himself is he's a man whore. He's, he's a, a man, man whore. He's a man so whore. It, it just seems to me that the song is about the sort of like uh, double standards, double standards, and like inequality and expectation. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I really liked it. I liked her vocals. I thought they were interesting. Uh, I wondered if I was getting a whiff of butt. I got a bit of Tool Town. I definitely wow. did on that chorus. Yeah, I got yeah. some major Tool Town on the chorus. Um, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed the vocals. I also initially was, uh, when I first listened to this, I had not looked at the CD. And so it was like halfway through the song that I went, oh, this is a lady. So I did get a little confused. Casual fans confu- may not um, know. I also mm-hmm. thought it was a dude till about halfway through. <laughs> Contralto. <laughs> Contralto. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the uh, one of these days I'm going to get up and punch you in the fucking face. Every time I listen to this song, I was like, oh, there it is. That's that aggression. Songmeanings.com. Not a ton of comments, but we got one. It's from I'm Spilling Blood. And they said, ah. The greatness of pathetic boys finally comes out. You better run with your dick between your legs. Watch out. Watch out. I'm spilling blood. I know what blood they're spilling. Oh, man. Matt. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> That's going to be period blood. Period uh, blood. But Matt, what did what, you think of Man Whore? You know, um, I liked it, number one, straight out the gate. I felt that the, uh, the riff was catchy. And I like the little corn uh, riffs that they did there kind of before they went back into the second chorus. Because it's kind of like chorus, chorus, or excuse me, verse, verse, chorus. Um, so in between the first and second verse, there's like that little, little, little corny boy oh, yeah. that mm. they throw in there. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing, Lauren. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this or not. Oh. But in the band Corn, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm familiar. There's yeah. two guitarists, Monkey and Head. Yeah, uh huh, yeah. And on their guitars, now a guitar. Let me just say, standard, standard has six strings. How many sticks does it have? <laughs> okay, that's a great question. How many, how many guitar sticks do they have? On that? Yeah, when you play a guitar, you've got to have a stick that you 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 rub against the strings, right? That's and how you play. At least a hundred dicks. You gotta have at least. That's why you got all those roadies because they that's gotta why, collect the dicks. That's why it takes so long when you go to Guitar Center to buy a guitar because they're dick counters. Right. You have to count all of your dicks. Yeah. So just imagine putting one more string on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After boy. all you have to go through. <laughs> oh boy. In the first place. That's what Corn did. And let me just tell you, it gives what some people might call the signature Corn sound. Hmm. And uh, Spike 1000, they gave us a little bit of that signature corn sound. This is the real, this is the the Kirkland vodka versus Grey Goose <laughs> of new metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
episode, oh, whatever this is, we've whatever just this become is. raging assholes. Uh, well, well, we didn't just become. We didn't become. It's been a journey, Matt. It's been a journey. It's been a journey here. Um, all right. Well, I think we're ready for this next one, Jenny. What do we got? <laughs> this is a song called Make Me Suffer. Make me suffer every day. That's a nice riff there. That's a nice drop up there. We got some chunky bass. We got some cool melodies in the pre-chorus. This is a hot one. I like this one a lot. Jenny, what would you think of Make Me Suffer? I agree. I like it quite a bit. I Song meanings can give us anything on this mm, one. I couldn't believe it. This one, there's a lot to chew on here. Very, very rude. But uh, what did you think it was about? Uh, I thought it was about she was with someone who was gaslighting her. Or telling her that she was not as um, important as she knew that she was. And so she basically was trying to get out of that relationship. Um, and this person's basically making her suffer every day with their negativity and the things they say to her. And she's realizing, you know, you know, every, you know, I can get out of this. I just need to figure out how. Um, so we're getting some kind of interesting angles that we don't normally see, you know, normally it's the other way where, you know, it's, it's the girl who cheated, the girl who betrayed the girl, or, or sadly, the girl in the bag that happens oftentimes, uh, oftentimes. So, you know, here, um, you know, we're getting an, a not often, uh, explored angle in the new metal world. Matt, what do you think? You know what? I like it. You know what? I like it. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I like it. What a breakthrough. And who are you, me? <laughs> well, when I listened to it, I was just like, I don't know if it activates pits, but I also don't know if that's their goal. So I'm I'm not sure in that stance of like how, you know, for the people who are like, it should be heavy. But I think the fucking riffs are there, man. I think they're good. Yeah, I don't necessarily think they're going for, yeah, like a total pit move, but they're looking for, um, I don't know, they're getting into a groove, like it's a party pit? I think they're looking for people to be close and nodding heavily. 
This feels like more of just like people have a drink and they're like nodding heavy because it's not it's not pit activating, but it is heavy and it like leans more toward the groove side of things with mm. new metal. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think that like what she's writing about and singing about is like it's not. I guess it's like it's not really like pit activating. Although like I'll punch you in the fucking face. Great. I feel yeah. like people would like yell that back to her. But like yeah. this to me was just like uh it was heavy. You don't have to activate a pit and be heavy. Electric it's true. wizard. It's there, true. There's no pit. It's heavy. It's 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 very heavy. Mm-hmm. Many of the heaviest bands do not ever activate a pit. So I feel like That's this true. like hangs more on like the the groove side of things. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's keep it rolling. Up next, these are some good song titles, Jenny. This next one, "Sucking Spikes." Oh my god. Is there a bigger chorus coming that I should wait for? Um, maybe. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of the verse first stuff here. I, I don't have anything written down. I have written down that the chorus. Uh, there's this after this, and then there's a there's a thing. Yeah, there's like a lot of stuff going on in this song. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm not going to wait through a noodley boy. <laughs> the dorky noodle. That was a pretty. Yeah. There's like a whole uh, you're sucking spikes again thing that, mm. that comes up later and again at the end of the song. But it, it is weird sometimes how long it takes to get to a yeah. chorus in these songs because I like them quite a bit. I mm-hmm. think they're a good band. I really love her vocals. I do think it takes a long time to get to the point yeah it is sometimes surprising where there's this sense of like you could give us a real gratifying chorus right now but you gotta dive back in at the same time i mean i wasn't i mean i'm liking the riffing we got great groove and chug you know checking my boxes the bass sound has got that nice feely rumble to it i feel like when that bass comes in and it's just practically clunking and I feel like the microphone's just like inside it. It's like, yes, this is this is what I want from this genre. I, I wrote that the chorus is a real fuck fuck it up boys vibe to it. Like just get nuts. And um 
I uh, yeah, I thought this was uh, vocally the best song so far. Anybody have anything else? I don't. Matt loved it. All right, so far Spike One Thousand coming through. Mm-hmm. I can see. I want to say I can see how, like at the time, someone would be like, "Yeah, why wouldn't this be as successful?" Yeah, as corn. Like any of these songs, I could hear on like our local alternative station. Absolutely, I would have been one hundred percent here for this. I mean, I might have been too yeah. cool in two thousand one, but if this had reached me in like nineteen ninety seven, I would have been like, forget about it. Now these guys were on Family Values two thousand one on a couple dates, if I recall correctly. I think their name was around in one of the wikis that we read. I know that um, they did have a relationship with Corn. So that's, there you that's go. theoretically how they got their like record deal. Corn, I'm just gonna put it out there. Why is Corn working so hard to big up Deadsy when you got Spike One Thousand right there? I don't know. I don't want to read too much. I don't want to read too much into it. Well, if I'm being ungenerous. Mm. (laughs) Be be ungenerous. uh, I'm just thinking like Deadsy, Cher's son is in Deadsy. True. So there might be like more like business stuff going on there. And like your friends from back home who are really, really good, but also Cher's son is in Dead Z. It's very true. So, all very true. Right up mm-hmm. next, we've got a song called Measure Me. <laughs> wrote in my notes the production is a crisp punch i enjoyed it a lot you may have said it but what else has this producer done i did not say anything else that this producer done uh we got caught up in the uh brendan o'brien mixing part of everything we did not look up the producer uh he hasn't done anything that i think we would have heard of 
didn't work on like an Oleander album or something like that? <laughs> no, I mean, you're welcome to take a look through mm. what he worked on, but I, I looked into it and there wasn't anything that felt familiar to me. Interesting. Okay. All I right. was surprised to see that there wasn't a cover of Thunder Road on this, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a little joke for me. Uh, mm. I liked... I liked this song. I thought it was good. I do feel like there's something about the sing-songy stuff that, like, her vocals I like more. And I'm wondering if there's, like, some sort of, like, internalized misogyny that I have that's like, well, when she sings, it's cool. But if a dude sings, I just want him to fucking scream because he needs to be a man. But like she can sing and I like it. Mm. I don't know if I'd feel the same if it was a dude. So I'm just calling myself out on my shit there. I don't have an answer to it, but it's something that I considered a lot when I was listening to it because I did enjoy this and I don't, I know that like historically I've been very hard on dudes and they get into sing songy stuff. So, well, I, I had a thought about that because her vocals are very strong. And when she gets into the singing, I also was like, Oh, like that core, this chorus. I was like, yes, this is a great chorus. I love the singing on it. And there's that thing, man. It's like Fred Astaire, incredible dancer. Ginger Rogers did it all backwards in high heels Shannon's got to be able to scream and sing, and she's got to actually be able to sing. No offense to everybody that we've been doing on the show for the past 160-something episodes, but a lot of the time, these guys are, they're singing, but really they just rolled into there to scream, and the singing is like secondary, and that's why it's, I think often for you, Jenny, you know, not appealing, because it's not really what they came here to do. But she can't get away with that. She's already in a male-dominated genre of music. The kitty ladies will tell you the things that they went through coming up, being an all-women band in metal. So she's got to work doubly hard, so her vocals actually have to be top-shelf great. That's a good point. So that might be the other thing. It's just that you're hearing somebody who's probably done that extra work that maybe a lot of these other people that are singing... Maybe maybe your nose like a lesson, maybe? Yeah, I mean they're also ten years deep by the time this comes mm, out. So that's another good they point. They yeah. have really done the work. Yeah, think about it. a lot of the bands that we have done, the story is they, you know, formed the band and got signed and made the record in like a three year time span. So you don't have the experience of Spike One Thousand. I like the anthemic delivery. That chorus is real hot. They could have run it twice and I wouldn't have been mad. That, that, yeah, they almost seem to be resistant to a bit more of the pop trappings of new metal. Because it is a bit of a pop chorus, but you're still, you still have a lot of the crunch and the riffs surrounding it. But it almost seems like a resistance of like, they could really double down on that. And I think there was, no, 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 we're a heavy band. I did wonder about that. And so as... Long-time listeners will know we usually listen to two records uh, for each cycle, and I don't want a, a teaser. Mm. The album we do next week is produced by The Angel. Mm. So I did wonder, because I was listening to these two at the same time, like what would it have been like if they had been in the studio with The Angel? Because I think that he would have like pushed them to lean a little bit more heavily 
on those choruses. Um, Mm -hmm. And I bet he would have brought them in sooner. And I don't know. I just think that 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 might have made a difference. Yeah. Matt Nas. Um, You'll be happy to know that I have a hot take called I Liked It. And Malcolm <laughs> Springer was the assistant mixing engineer on Match, Matchbox 20's Yourself or Someone Like You. Oh. Which is My, a ooh. mammoth fucking album. Malcolm Springer, um, how's the pool? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. This is what Kid Rock's talking about with that Matchbox 20 money. He's talking about Malcolm Springer. Mr. Springer. Hopefully Springer got points for Spike 1000, which got him. That Matchbox 20 money. All the way up. Yeah. (laughs) Well, congratulations, Malcolm. Uh, This is such a weird, uh, weird thing to talk about at this point in this album. But me saying all the way up, unfortunately, reminded. Did you all see uh, Wes on John Goblicon? I did, yes. I don't know what that means. Okay, don't worry about it. I won't. Necrogoblicon's a band, and it has a goblin in the band, and that's kind of their shtick, their gimmick. Thank you. And um, he has a the goblin has a show on YouTube. Any interviews? (laughs) Any interviews? Other bands. The more you explain it, the less bad I feel about not knowing what it is. (laughs) You're doing great, and it's called Right Now. Okay. And in the past, he has made fun of Wes Borland for wearing makeup and has called him Wes Gerland. Okay. So he finally gets, like, this goes on for years. And he finally gets Wes on the show. And he's like, I got a gift for you. And he gives him a gift. And it's in a Sephora bag because makeup. Ha ha. I know all about Sephora. Straight up got him, right? Yeah. But then he does an impression of Wes to, or excuse me, of Fred to Wes so he's like, hey, Wes, can you say, Mr. Durst, we're ready for you. And he says it. And then John Goblikin's impression is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his whole impression. And he does it a bunch. It's like, yeah. And it kills me. It's very funny. I'm sorry to derail us for a non-sequitur that did not help anything in which we were actually doing. I disagree. I learned so much. And I'm going to flex right now. I am a VIB, a very important beauty insider at Sephora. Oh, For anybody who knows what that means, that's right. I get free two-day shipping on anything I order from that fucking place. What? Because I, I spend a lot of money there. Jenny, I need <laughs> some cool waters by David Hoff. You, lo- you go to Sephora, you see something you want, you let me know. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a beauty insider. <laughs> all right. Uh, now that we've all learned a lot, are we ready for the next song? Let's do it. All right. It's called Element. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
loving yourself Just don't amount to shit I think I quit, but that ain't it So I have something to say about this band, and I do not mean it as a negative, but they are like a top-tier bar band in a lot of ways. This song, I could imagine going up to the bar, getting the brewski. That's what I call them. That's just my thing. You call it what you want. And then turning around, as Spike 1000 goes, this next one's called Element. And just dropping into those chugs. I don't know why. This song gives me that bar band vibe. But I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy it a lot. Jenny? I agree with you. I think, and I I, I am with you on like this, is, this might sound insulting and I do not mean it this way. I feel like this sounds like the best local band. Yes. Like they're good. Their songs are good, but I think that the, like, are these songs a hit? Mm. I haven't heard anything that feels like a hit to me. Like, I like these songs. I think they're good. Uh, I I love the vocals. I think they're a tight band. I would be very happy to watch them. I There's nothing so far that I'm like, holy shit, this song. There's no bodies yet. It's just solid. Right. Which isn't bad. It is what I would call a rocker. But you, it's so- a- you sounded, you looked sad. Yeah, to say I that. hate saying those words, but it is. It's a fucking rocker. Like, it isn't blowing me away, but I'm like, this is solid. It's steady. The groove is there. It's a rocker. But it makes me feel like the oldest man on earth when I say it's a rocker. Because you see yourself at the bar with a brewski, let's say, and they're playing this song and you turn to whoever you're with, Catherine, Rosemary, whomever, and you go, hey, this is a rocker. This is a fucking rocker. I I will say that I think that this is as good, if not better, than a lot of their contemporaries who became very successful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I definitely feel like there was some element of, like, it's a lady fronting this band because they are... I'm not going to name names, but they are <laughs> as good, if not better, than a lot of their contemporaries that went on to have very, very like, like large success. I do feel like we're looking at what was this June, two thousand one. Yeah. Drop this album in the summer of '99. I think it's a different. I think it's I a think, different reception. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this is this is totally different because at this point, June of two thousand one, 
you know, maybe they put some single. What was the single? Do we know what the single was? There's no video. Yes. I couldn't find a video. Oh. I think there is a video, actually. Oh. Um, let me double check. Make me suffer. Okay. That makes sense. That makes that's sense a, to me. That's 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 what I would have picked. That's good. I'm wondering just, you know, you put that out. You know, we're in the, yeah, the, I mean, obviously it's the summer is stained, but we're about to hit the fall of, you know, the white terrorism. stripes and the strokes. Oh, oh also 9-11. <laughs> yes. Thank yeah. you, Jenny. Yeah. The fall of terrorism. Yeah, that that too. Um, But I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering if maybe that's, uh, that is part of it. Just to t- once again, timing. Timing is such a huge part. It's something I don't even really think about as much as I should of like, sometimes it's just all about timing to bring out something we talk about off mic, but you know, bring it on here. Look at the timing of your girl Lizzo. She's got these two year old songs bringing her over. They really are. It's insane. I, I just read that her next big single is also a song from two years ago. They're just pulling all these old songs. Out. Are they pulling out good as hell? Like, yeah, good as hell. That's yeah. It's all old <laughs> stuff. They're not they're not using anything from the album. I mean, well, good for her, man. Yeah. I agree, Lauren. Hey, call I got you my, out. I got I got my hot takes. Not a fan of Lizzo. I'm not. To which I say, Lizzo's not for you. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, that's fine. It's There's not. a thousand words in Azalea your Azalea Banks <laughs> is firmly on your side, Lauren. So. Oh, oh, wow. Really just threw me in with her? Like, oh, yeah. You're, yeah, the psychopath. You're with her. Thanks. Thank you. You're with you. Demi. Demi? Lovato. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I think Demi also. I would not I would not be surprised at all if Lizzo is on the next Demi Lovato album. I have a feeling that Lizzo is going to be on everybody's album for the next couple of years. Mm, maybe that'll be what turns you. I doubt it. Anyway, next <laughs> song. <laughs> next song uh where my attempts to get you to like lizzo are going mm. it's also titled nowhere Jenny, thoughts on Nowhere. This was a really interesting song to me. She's got a really great voice. The top of this was butt rock to me. Mm. Like, it felt very butt. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I felt the same thing where I guess kind of was like. 
she sounds she just has such a good voice though that like she carries the day it's a nice butt it's in those jeans yeah those bongo jeans that they (laughs) bought at target yeah they're in bongos for sure but once you get into the whole like don't you see you're nowhere to me like that's very new Mm -hmm. it's just like the maybe the structure of the song was like kind of it's it's a little hard to follow for me because it has like i don't know how else to describe this sound but it does have like the swirl of new in it like when i hear that riff like the do 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 like that's very new ish to me but then it doesn't have the extra components to push it over so it ends up being but but yeah. then she starts singing and i'm like well she's not really but per se but it's also not new what do you think lauren am i a million miles away or what uh you know what i this was not a song that i got a ton of butt from i thought the riff was pretty tasty that's what i wrote in my notes uh, which is you know just the word i want to use when talking about butt uh the bass is roiling which i very much enjoyed and the chorus is hot um so I was uh, I was all about this one. And also lyrically, uh, I think that's the other thing is that we tend to have like the butt tone of the sound. There's something in the vocal that sounds like butt rock. There's something in the t- guitar, you know, that, that gives us the butt rock vibe. But there's also like an often like a lyrical aspect of things that take it to a real butt area um, where it just gets real dumb or it just gets real obvious. Or gets real clunky, and you're just like, "Oh, that's the extra ingredient to make something butt." That's why every Buck Cherry song is butt rock, you know, because the lyrics are so dumb. Um, yeah, yeah. I and, don't know. Crazy bitch is pretty. Uh, pretty, pretty much dumb. the best song ever written. Yeah. Well, no, isn't Buck Cherry also? Isn't there like a for the movies song that they did or something? Or is that a different band? I don't think that's them. I don't there know. is there is I have to admit okay there is a Buck Cherry song that I like which one I apparently I'm not remembering what it's called right now I guess I have a computer in front of me and I can okay. look it up but all right well while you look it up the thing I liked about the lyrics on this one is that it seems to be about uh, someone who's careless and hurts people because they're hopelessly self-aware un- unaware and they're the, the narrator of the song shannon or whomever is is basically looking at them as they're just a careless person they're not really malicious and you know i'm uh i'm not thrilled with you but yeah you're just like some dummy you know it just seems to be that there's just a lot of fools surrounding shannon in a lot of these songs yeah. You know, you're a careless thief wanting more than you really deserve. Go feast upon your deeds. And when I laugh, it's because you have no clue. Yeah. She's probably is like surrounded by turds. Yeah, probably. Uh, also, the Buck Cherry song is called for the movies. I oh. don't know that I've listened to it uh, since the early mid 2000s, but I do recall liking the song. Oh, wow. Is this like the time I admitted to liking one Nickelback song? This is like yours? It might be. I, yeah. I, I like all sorts of shit that people would be like, 
what? Why? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, mm. there's a great mystery in the universe, and it's sometimes things resonate with you, and sometimes they don't. And no that... leg to stand over in the juice pig corner over here, Jenny. <laughs> hey, you know what? I like MU330. Oh, I love MU330. So. Yeah. Hoosier love. Here we go. All right. Up next, we've got Take Me Over. gave me a bit of a proto evanescence vibe on that chorus a little bring me to life a little mm. standing in a wind tunnel wake me up inside yeah i, I could have seen this one be a single yeah me too absolutely. absolutely the first one hits it's a rocker and then you bring this one in it's the anthem yeah i like mm. the song a lot yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't mad about it. Uh, it was just that that was like the first sort of reference point for me because she's really, really singing in it, and we're also getting like a ton of passion uh, in these vocals. I wrote in my notes the passion. Um, also, we get some space noise up top, some beepy boops, followed by some crunchy bass, um, and a hot bridge. So yeah, overall, this is a pretty good one. Also. To build on what we were just saying on the last song, this is a lyric from the first verse. I listen to idiots run our dreams down. Probably speaking from experience, 10 years in the game trying to get this album made. You're probably listening to a lot of idiots tell you what you need to do, what you should be doing. While you're watching other idiots do what they're doing and succeed, you're like, get us in the ring. Put me in. It has to be exhausting to mm-hmm. be from the same town that Corn is from, mm-hmm. to have been a band for as long as they have been, to be this good, and you don't get a record made until it's just about over. To, yeah, like that's that's f- fucking depressing. Like this band, I think you're right. If this had been released in like 99, 98, 97. Mm. When they were, f- when they had material you know yeah like wasn't like they were sitting on their hands no like that's i think that that would have been so popular then but at this point new metal already has like it's it's super popular but it already has a stigma i think there's something about this that's like i don't know that it 
I can, I guess I can kind of see that at that time it wouldn't have been super well received here. But it's like, this comes out in 97, 98, right? Then it's the next album that really pushes it, that really goes to the next level. Like, this is, boom, we're here. We've got it all. And then they get a tour cycle. They write new music. They write new things, have new experiences. And then it's like, we never got that second album. We got this too late. What could have been? Maybe Spike 2000. I don't know. Wow. Well. No, there it is. Hasn't been, hasn't been, uh, that long since we got a band back together that's true that's true spike 1000 call up jfat call him up get shannon on the horn you know what call up malcolm see how the pool's feeling today get him out of that inner tube say hey man let's cut some demos let's cut some demos let's get this going dude you did Xbox 20 yeah. Let's get back in business, bro. They could cover push. It's hey. a metal move. Oh, Listen. cover <laughs> push. Cover push. Let me tell you, that might that idea has got dollar signs orbiting it like asteroids. I'm telling you. It's in that's her the register. Move. Totally. It's in her register. Her contralto <laughs> register could handle push. I'm sure there's nothing more she'd rather do than <laughs> cover Matchbox up. 20. Yeah, probably. Who wouldn't want to? All right. Up next, we've got a song called Spare Change. Jenny, thoughts on spare change? Um, I thought it was anthemic. I liked it. I liked her vocals. I do feel like these songs maybe would have connected more strongly if there was a little more specificity. Hmm. Um, I like the lyrics, but I do think that they're probably intentionally a little bit vague, but maybe a bit too vague at times, or maybe I just don't fully understand, but I don't know. I I liked this song. I do just feel a lot of times like with the lyrics, I'm certain that they're speaking to her personal experiences, but 
there's something about it that I'm like, I feel like I want it to be a little more specific. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I had a lot of trouble with this one trying to figure out exactly what it was about. And every time I would like land on something, I was thinking, I don't know. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm casting my net too far and I'm flailing about like just trying to guess because I, at one point I thought the song was about infidelity and then I listened to it again. And then I was like, is this about, like a sexual assault but then that didn't really fit either it, it's something's happening but i don't know the imagery is strange and you're right if there was just some if there was just like a couple lyrics that had just a bit more of like a concrete descriptor or just something about it it just is just a little too vague for me to quite get where where it is i like it overall as a song um but yeah, I, I wasn't really yeah hooked in by the lyrical content so much. And, you know, to go back to what you were saying about like, yeah, working with the angel, you know, he may have said, you know, what are we talking about here? What are we really talking about here? Because I think that's kind of a key element to, you know, a lot of, uh, we weren't necessarily confused on what Corn uh, was talking about. Um on a lot of those uh, early, you know, early productions. Although we did have to figure out what Helmet in the Bush was. So that was that was one that we got a little confused about. We did learn. We d- Oh, we learned. We sure <laughs> did. Did we ever. Did, did we, we ever. Yeah. Um, Matt, what did you think of Spare Change? I heard it. And in my head, I was <laughs> like, this feels like my aunt's favorite song. Which... Which is to say, like, I don't mean that as an insult, but I know that it comes off as one. I feel like it it is a backhanded compliment. I don't know if it's for me, but I could see, like, my cousin that I don't know very well, you know what I mean, being like, this is my shit. Well, there is an element of it that I guess maybe we haven't, like, directly addressed that's like, Women like this kind of music, but when you hear the songs from a male perspective, there's like, you can relate to it, I think, maybe fully, but probably mostly to an extent. And so when you hear this kind of music that is being written and sung by a woman, you can definitely like hear your female like relatives and friends connecting to it in a different way yes and so but because of you know sexism and things of that nature it's like not to be rude no but i think my aunt would love this and it's (laughs) like yeah because this type of music while normally made by men and about like things that might be from a male perspective like hearing this type of music with like a female perspective what I absolutely know what you mean. Uh, it's it's just like a different. It's a different. Ex- it's a different energy, right? Like, and it and it's it does sound like an insult, and that's but that's just you know like a larger problem that we're gonna right, solve well, on Roach Coach. Yeah, well, we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> oh, we'll get to it. We'll get we're to gonna it. crack it open. That's the long game. But I do think, 
you said it more eloquently than I could ever say it, Jenny. Because I would be like, well, there's dick energy. And there's, which would oh, in- this is big pussy energy. <laughs> right. This album. BPE. It has a different vibe to it. And I like it. And I also know this would have been my aunt's favorite album. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. You? I don't think I fucked up, but I don't want to fuck up. I I genuinely feel like both of you get it. Like, I, even if... I would hope that if I said something and I was off, there mm-hmm. would be some, like, sort of grace given. There's nothing wrong with bringing up, like, it's a woman singing, it's a woman's perspective, it feels different. And if you don't have the right exact language for it, that's okay. This is a message to everybody. <laughs> if you're trying to understand, you don't quite get it, you don't say the exact right thing, that's okay on Roach Coach, baby, because you're trying. You're trying, baby. You're trying. Respectful disagreement, respectful attempts to understand things you don't understand. There Thank it you, is. Jenny. That's Thank okay. you, Jenny. You're you're all so welcome. <laughs> Quick cue, Jenny. Yeah. How respectful of our time is this album? Great cue. Uh, this album comes in at 34 minutes and seven seconds. It's super respectful it's of our time. Way respectful. We're just talking a lot. We're just talking. All right. We got a couple more songs left. This next one is called Tore Up. Matt, I'm going to need you to go to 205. You got it, buddy. 205. You fucked with the wrong girl. Don't fuck with me! Oh, shit. Yeah, what a drop. What a drop. I got to tell you, I was reminded, and I, I wasn't so reminded that I could remember the exact song, but there was a moment on the Switched album where we were like, oh, it was the one, two, three, four, fuck. Yeah. Do you remember that? And how that got oh, us yeah, so excited. Sure, yeah. And it didn't deliver. Like, that was amazing, but then they didn't really deliver on that. When she says that you fucked with the wrong girl and then they could have just and i don't know all the studio trickery but a lot of times as i've found over the years when you hear the chorus it's just the first time they recorded it 
And they were like, yeah, that's good. And then they just run it again. They just copy and paste it through. Because they got it. They nailed it. But she leans into that last fuck real hard. And I wrote in my notes, that's a vicious fuck. And I just appreciate it because that's what we come for with these albums a lot of the time. Give us that feeling. Give us that emotion. Give us those top shelf F words. That's what we got here. I appreciate it. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Spike 1000. Yeah, I really liked the song a lot. I thought it was great. Uh, Listening to it this time... I'm like yeah, and in ninety in in ninety seven, this feels incredible. In two thousand one, this feels like it's been done. Um, but they've been doing it since like ninety one, right? I really like this song a lot. Um, I think that it is sort of the essence of what we look for in a song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I completely agree with you. Like that, you fucked with the wrong girl. Um, we did have a song meanings comment on this. Mm. Uh, again, it's I'm spilling blood, as we have guessed. It's probably period blood, but it could be a lot of different bloods. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if this is not period blood based on this comment. Mm. Uh, it says, okay. well, no one has posted for Spike 1000, so here I go. This is probably my favorite song by them, especially the I see you standing there. It doesn't matter to me. You fucked with the wrong girl. Great stuff. Whenever I listen to this song, I always get this image in my head of two chicks beating the crap out of each other. Heh. I uh, did not get that image. <laughs> I imagined that she was speaking to a dude. Yeah, just me like, too. You, you fucked with the wrong person here. Uh, also, chicks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, when I read that, I have mm-hmm. to say, uh, life update, I've got mm. baby chickens at home. Oh. So, three baby chicks. So, when I said two chicks beating the crap out of each other, two of my chickens have been fighting to be the dominant chicks of the coop. Oh. What are your Fuck. chicks' names? Uh, there is Norma and Biggie, and then GQ, which stands for Gentle Queen. She's mm. a different kind of chicken. She's the kind of chicken that has like floofy feathers all over. So they're all growing. She's growing every day. She's got more floof. GQ does. And Biggie and Norma are like aggressive little dinosaurs who are trying to be the top dog of the coop. And GQ just falls asleep all the fucking time and gets fluffier. She's like, I don't have any time for this. She's like, yeah, whatever. Like she'll occasionally just like peck really hard and then she just falls asleep. She's perfect. Just like this song. Let me, let me float something by you because it's kind of coming off the last comment. Okay. I don't always have the language for something I'm trying to understand, but being in something that's, kind of dong dominated and hearing something like this i think there is a relatable point for women who like straight ahead male led bands Mm -hmm. where there's something universally applicable in it even though it's coming from a very strong male point of view i feel this song even though that's coming from a very strong female point of view is fucking universal when she's like you fuck with the wrong girl I can apply that to myself or situations I've been in. Yeah. And I feel like that is a very powerful moment for people to realize in music. 
and to realize about themselves because it's usually the opposite. It's usually, especially in metal where women have to do all the gymnastics, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they have to do all the work to kind of be like, this is the point that I latch onto your isolation, your loneliness, your anger, your this, your that, your this. I get it. I'm with you. Let's do it. When I hear things like this, which is like the other side of it or another point of view that is not my own, I'm like, okay. But I hear that and I go, oh, I've been hurt. I know what hurt is. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, hearing you talk about that, I, I know that like we talk about Afghan wigs a lot, but I think, (laughs) I think specifically about like, I love gentlemen. Right. Right. But like, I do have to do some level of like gymnastics to be like, okay, like mm. I relate, I mean, maybe much less so now, but when I was in my early twenties, I related to it very, very heavily. I still like the songs, but now I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> Oh, right. There's a huge, because I just got it on vinyl and I've been listening to it. And it's, there's a huge point of like, grow up. Yeah, album. just like the whole like I'm so fucking shitty, baby. Like, okay, Greg, take it yeah, easy. Like, we're okay. Are you still dating 21 year old women? Probably. Probably. Perpetual. I don't know anything about Greg Dooley's life, but no, I uh, believe I believe he's actually dating a woman age appropriate for him. Well, congrats. He's uh, matured. Yeah, I mean it's according to your record been 21 years since that was released yeah i would hate to be judged by my emotional 21 years ago 21 years ago no thank Mm. you Mm. it's a hard pass for me but i i get that i can see how this could be something that would be a little more universal and i think that like it's especially in this kind of music how people are socialized probably more difficult like like men aren't raised to have to take the leap to understand like women are raised to like try to help to understand somebody else's point of view like you're just like that's your default so i think it's probably more difficult for many not all i'm sure but like many dudes to like take that thing it's like i don't want to be a bitch which (laughs) is meat heady but also so heavily the message that you get right and right. you have to have like active people in your life raising you giving you a different message mm-hmm. if you're not gonna like default to that i think that might not I think, be true yeah. everywhere but like i can definitely say like where i grew up no i can definitely say i definitely think you're right because i think about stuff that i learned about and did in college and like how it's you know a large part about it is your friend group you know if you hang out with a bunch of bros who are full of gay panic for lack of a better word all the time then you're that's going to rub off on you but if somebody you know sets you right and is like dude chill out you don't need to be you know a fucking asshole about whatever you know i don't want to get into like particular stories this isn't story time Spike 1000 time. But just saying from personal experience, there have been instances I remember from my youth where, you know, I was acting one way and somebody like took me aside and was like, hey, uh, you don't need to be like that. You know, you can change how you are. So, um, 
Yeah. So tore up. Good song. Good right. song. All right. There's one song left on this album, and it is called Prime. Precursor to Amazon Prime. Oh. song would be over it's again a late chorus late chorus um bit of tool town up top yeah um and you know what i mean when i did my notes my vibe was like she's talking about she's talking about personally being in her prime but also could we be talking about the band you know and maybe the feeling once again the feeling of this band that they felt they were in their prime ready to go and constantly being restricted now they're like okay we are here we're in our prime give us our shot we're ready it could be Mm. i did notice she says it's not my family i caught that as well (laughs) maybe she didn't know how to pronounce somebody's name Mm. i'm not their family not their family Mm. yeah um Uh, yeah, that yeah. I felt like this was probably not the strongest song on the mm. album for no. me. Um it wasn't bad, but I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent sure. There's there's something about this whole getting to the, the chorus very late. Mm-hmm. Don't make him wait. Bring it up. Don't Bring bore up. us. Get to the chorus. <laughs> it. I agree, but I also don't. The songs aren't boring. It's just, I I think that like the structure just feels a little weird. It's like a little top heavy. Yeah, and the other thing is that it's not. I mean, the other thing, this album's thirty four minutes. It's not like it takes forever anyway. We I mean we get to the court. Yeah, you just yeah get them get to them sooner. Give us a little quicker, because eh, we want them. You know. Yeah. So um. That's Prime, and that's the album. It's now uh, the part of the show where we talk about... Canon talk. We talk about the new metal canon. Jenny, why don't we start with you? Sure. Uh, I liked this album. I agree that it suffered from release timing. I think if this had come out earlier, it would have had a larger impact. Um. I enjoyed listening to this album. I thought it was relatable. 
I thought it was uh, just got a great voice. I thought the band was good. To me, I I would not put the whole thing in. I think the only thing I would put in probably is Tore Up. I think Tore Up is a great song. I also think Make Me Suffer is a great song. And I liked Man Whore too. The main one that stuck with me was Tore Up. I just think that the whole album, it seems like it it just wasn't quite there of something. I would have to say you must hear this whole album, but I do think that this band is very worth hearing. Uh, Lauren, what did you think? You know, I really like that they were really going for it. This is a, definitely an album of like they're getting their shot and they're doing their best not to miss it. A lot of quality rippers, no bodies, but... You know, I really just enjoyed the whole thing. I think Tore Up is probably my choice as well for one song off it that I uh, really, really like. I mean, like I said, though, there are all these other moments in the album that I'm just like, oh, that's really good. That's really good. But I think Tore Up is the has a lot of the key things that um, we really like. And also just, you know, great F word work. Great F word work, which is something I'm always looking for in a new metal album. Matt Nas. I'm glad we listened to it. It was eye-opening. I didn't expect to have the conversations that we had during it. And I think most of it, especially for the time that it was released, was unfortunate timing. Uh, it, it sucks when you work so hard on something for so long and then you find out the timing isn't right. And it turns into too little, too late. Which fucking sucks. Yeah. Especially if you've been the artist who's been trying to get this out probably since 97, 98. I like Tore Up. I, I think that's a great choice. And I mean, you fucked with the wrong girl. That 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 curries my favor. Yeah, you fucked with the wrong girl. You better put her in the new metal cannon. Alright. So there you have it. Spike 1000, the song Tore Up. In the new metal canon, welcome. 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 And that does bring us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're Roach Coach on all of those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Your recommendations, your stories. Do you live somewhere or used to live somewhere with a magic roundabout or something else? Interesting landmark. Did you Google the golden butthole and find what I was talking about? Let us know. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.